Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the 250 MX season preview. Hangtown just days away. And uh, we're going to try to break down the 250 class the best way we can. Talk about the contenders, the pretenders, the surprises, the disappointments, all that kind of stuff. BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX to save yourself money when you check out from those guys. Uh, BTO Sports KTM of Andrew Short and Justin Brayton. And anything you need for your biker body, you can get it at BTOsports.com. Hell, I just ordered some bolts. That's right, some real cool Japanese bolt bike bolt kits from my Project 88. Got them from BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX to save myself money. And Fox Racing, the global innovation in motocross race. We're continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate Fox Airspace Goggle. New, new v, v Instinct uh, boot. And uh, Ryan Dungey. Kenny Rocks and just some of the guys wearing Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Just visit your local authorized dealer. I'm sure they carry Fox. If they don't, you really got to wonder. Foxhead.com. Thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line to preview the 250 class, outdoor class, is uh, first up, the voice of American motocross, the man who watches every gate drop intently nowadays, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. Once again, getting ready to call the action. Um... Also on the line, a uh, peddling fly racewear across the world to uh, many riders. Uh, proud sponsors of the 377, Christophe Porcel, the Jason Thomas. Yes, we are. New edition. Yeah, absolutely. Not the band. Now, how he did... Is a new edition, though. Now, let me ask you two guys this. So, Christophe is wearing fly. It's a team sponsor. How did he get out of Dragon Goggles and get with Johnny Knowles and the Scott Goggles program? Are those two just linked together forever? Johnny Knowles and Kristoff? Yes. Yeah, well, his deal, like, Purcell's deal is a little strange because technically... Really? Shocker. <laughs> well, it's not his fault. It's just he's on the, the 450 team, which uh, technically he would be allowed to do the deals he wants to do. Uh, but at the same time, we would have Martin Davalos, which we don't have. So there was a lot of gray areas and how this contract went down. Um, and I don't of, even know all the legalese on some of it. Uh, I just know that he was given some leeway in some areas and others not. So uh, um, kind of what you see is what you get. Reminds me of something about Lebowski. Lots of ins and outs, man, to this There deal. is, yeah. It was, it was just a weird deal because it wasn't as cut and dry, and it's kind of a mid-year deal. And with Davos out, that means that we lost, or when I say we, I mean Fly Racing lost a 250 rider. So it's just kind of a weird setup. But Johnny Knowles and Christophe Porcel back together. Dream Which, team. There's a, guy up right. in, there's a guy up in Canada still waiting for Johnny Knowles to uh, pay up for his, yes. uh, for his bet last year. 
So um, every time I mention that, there is no response. No, no, there is not. Um, I wonder will will Husky give him whatever he wants? Like uh, Mr. Dino? Yeah. Well, <laughs> is is there a Dino Dino Dan over at Husky, and does he give Purcell everything <laughs> Purcell wants? <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, we can. Uh, <laughs> this is just what we're saying is our, our guy Johnny Knowles. He's the he's the goggle guy at Scott. He, no matter where Purcell goes or what happens, many things have changed. Many bridges have been burned, but the bond forever will be there between those two. Is there, but is there more of a guy in the industry who is on and off people's bandwagons faster than Johnny Knowles? Like sometimes he's very angry with people. Then he's all about sometimes. them. Then he's all about them. <laughs> well, no. no one is more. I mean, he needs to just change his name to Scott Knowles. He, he does. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Right? No one is more proud of the brand they work for. I don't understand. It's not his family company. He just works for them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. I mean, you would think his name is Scott Knowles. Those are the levels <laughs> I I aspire to. Yeah, we know. We can vouch for that. You're getting there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just Knowles is just funny because yeah, he's very up and down. I feel like he needs medication to calm his levels, you know, make him make him just normal. Because he's up, he's down, he's angry, he's happy, very very emotional. Every moto, you've never seen somebody so happy. That will, will help that, I'm sure. You never seen anybody in the industry happy when it starts raining because that's when the true goggle guys come out. That's when the true <laughs> test comes out of our goggles. Uh, yeah. Like he's legitimately happy, happy. So, yeah. All right. Enough talk about that. Let's talk 250 motocross uh, coming up. First of all, Weege, though, um, what about the word of the day? Are we bringing that back? Should we bring that back? Are we bringing it back? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Yeah, people liked it. It was a hit. I mean, my Twitter, my Twitter feed blew up when you dropped that word, uh, whatever word it, it may be. Did it go on a little hiatus like it did? Uh, it got a little out of hand last year where you were claiming that I was – Posting or whatever I was doing, it got too it got too serious. Let's let's bring it back and, and enjoy well, it you, again. You nailed it on the I think the start of the first moto of the day. <sighs> yep. Do I have to defend myself grand, again? Grandstanding a bit. Yeah, I just I felt like it was like MJ just, just mocking us. MJ with with the like Larry Bird in the three point contest when Larry came into the locker room apparently at the All Star game and they were having a three point contest and Larry came in and shouted everybody who's getting second today, you know. I feel like that's. Do what I need to, I'll defend myself again, and I know this hurts JT very much to hear it. I knew I was going to say it about Reed, and he got the whole shot of high point. And honestly, what ran through my mind is, oh crap, he might not be up here for more than a lap. So just in case. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit, Weege. I, <laughs> I know that hurts you in many directions, but I wasn't confident that he was going to be there 15 minutes. <laughs> JT, I got a text from somebody, a mutual friend of ours, who said he's never heard you so unenthusiastic about Chad's chances as you were in the outdoor 450 preview. Usually, you know, you obviously it's a really good friend of yours and, and you know, a friend of ours too, and you love him, and, and I get it. And he, he, he was shocked that you were like, oh, I hope he can get 456. Like, that's where I'm was, was this person at the outdoor championship in 2013 or 14? Mm, yeah, they were at some of them, sure. Yeah. Okay. Then they have. I, I don't. <laughs> well, but have norm, anything else to say? Normally, you you know you prefer to look on the very positive side when it comes to the two two, and I get it. There was a you know a rider about who ran number fifteen, who I did the same thing with. He um, is my friend. Should, yes, 
but I also owe this podcast some realism. So no, and that, and we got more quote unquote realism than we ever had from you. That's all. So yeah. Um. All right. So word of the day. I I guess I kind of sprung this on us. I didn't really talk think about it. Can we maybe think of a word during this podcast and uh, bring it back up? Yeah, I think that's way better than doing it on Twitter. So okay, work right. hard at it, please. All right, we'll yep. think. I'll think about it uh, while we're doing this podcast. Okay, so I got my list of contenders here. I have AC off to the left on my paper with a question mark by him, and then I have above AC Muskan Webb Martin. Meaning AC, I don't know if if this is the normal series. He's he's with Muskan Webb and Martin, but I don't know. But let's start with what we know. Uh, am I missing any? Am I missing anybody? Weege, Marvin Muskan, Cooper Webb, or Jeremy Martin will be your outdoor national title winner. Obviously, in the 250 class, there's always a chance that something crazy happens because I don't think we were saying this about Martin at this time a year ago, and he went on to be champ. But uh, I don't think so. Right. I don't think <laughs> right. there's anybody else. But like I said, I I really want to go back. I didn't get a chance to listen to last year's 250 pop, but. I can't imagine what was said about Martin before the season. What would we, what would we have said? Eighth? Seventh? Podium guy, maybe? I want to say that we said he can win races. Seriously. I think we did. I think we all... Oh, no, you're right. You're right. We did because there was a big talk about Yamaha hadn't even won one in a long time. Yeah. And we're like, they will definitely win some races this year. And he was good at the end of 2013. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we thought he could win some races, but no way we were saying he was title guy, right? No way. No, I don't think so. I don't believe so. No, um, no so I, I agree with that. Class. 250 class, you never know for sure, but I think we do. <laughs> um, what do you think, JT? Muskan, Webb, Martin? Yeah? Am I missing somebody? Who's the – I mean, Os- I'm putting I'm putting Cinturillo in there. I may be going with my heart a little bit, but – I feel like he. I feel like he could. He could be in this thing. I don't. He's not my favorite. I'll. I'll well, be. You know, fair enough to say that. But I think he could be in the mix. Well, let's touch on him in a little bit, though. Um, well, that's that brings Pookie into it. <laughs> Muskan. <laughs> Muskan should be. By the way, we have four out of the top ten uh, last year that uh, aren't in the class this year, and Muskan uh, finished only eleven points behind uh, Webb last year. So Muskan was. I want to say maybe better than people remember because when you look back on the year, you think you think Martin Webb Baggett. I, at least I do. Like, oh, that was what the battle was. But hey, uh, Muskan started slow. Remember, he he was coming off his knee um, and started slow at, at Glen Helen and Hangtown, and then kind of caught fire after that. And really, like I said, eleven points behind Webb. So, and there was fifty points between Muskan and Bogle. So we didn't have a top three last year. We had a top four. And I don't know if everybody remembers that. So, you know, the David Villeman, perhaps you guys have heard of him. He believes Muskan will win. Now, that could be the French protecting the French. But he thinks Muskan's got the um, the team, the bike, the the confidence. You know, he's a former two-time world champion. So, um, and Martin and Webb, I think, should be pretty good. If you really look at the – if you look at the points last year, Webb finished um, 80 points ahead of Webb. 80 points. That's a lot, Weege. Wait, sorry. Martin finished 80 points ahead of Webb? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah. Like, 
Like no, no, it is. I think um, so much of this hinges on uh, the expected improvement you will get from Webb, and I guess that's a lot of it's coming from how much better he got in Supercross. He went from good to incredible mm-hmm. in one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's what it's all based on. Because yes, Martin and Webb had some battles last year. But there was no doubt who the better guy was. The 80 points really says it all. Most of the time, Martin beat him. You know, nothing significantly changes. They were teammates, and they still are. So no one's switching bikes or teams. So I guess because of Supercross, they're just as expected. Webb's going to get better. How much better is he going to get? Is he going to get to the point where he leapfrogs Martin? I think that's that's why this is even a question. Because he wasn't, it wasn't a question at all last year. Martin just was better. What do you so think? What do you think down. about Martin getting O'Mara, JT, and on his side? Like, uh, you know, again, the trainer game has gone on here. I think that's gonna that's gotta help. I, I've been talking. I, mean, I think it's a good move, but damn, how much better did it need to be than last year? You know, I know, so, right? I don't think it's gonna change anything. I but surely it's better than not. I would think he's a has a great track record. I talked to. I've been talking to Alex Martin a little bit. Obviously, ex-brand goggle athlete and uh, one of our fr- mutual friends. Uh, pick for surprise rider and he said that uh, omera is just blown away by how much jeremy how much how much fuel jeremy burns how many how much laps he does so maybe that's an indication like you know i I don't know that could be just preseason hype but i think alex is 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 being straight with me apparently jeremy has been riding a ton so well you know jeremy's been riding at the carmichael place for a long time now and that's I mean, that's a Ricky Carmichael staple is laps and laps and laps and gallons and gallons and gallons of fuel. So it's not surprising to mm-hmm. me. Um, just a little bit more, I guess, reassuring um, after, you know, not really lighting the world on fire during Supercross. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. If you I – think, I think one of the things that we should watch for, and we saw it last year a little bit, like Webb and Martin aren't bros. Like, I don't know if you people know that or not. They're under the same tent. But uh, – they're not exactly bros. So I look forward to this battle between these two guys, Webb coming off this title, uh, Supercross title that he was so great at, and Jeremy being the reigning champion and, like I said, finishing 80 points ahead of uh, of Cooper last year. We, I think these two could have some intense battles, like to the point where it could get nasty. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, I think we've seen from Cooper – but he doesn't shy away from any of that. He'll, you know, he's pretty outspoken. He'll pass aggressively if he needs to. That's pretty well established. And what I've heard from the inside, although uh, J-Mart is, you know, has like the all shucks, all American Minnesota background, so you think he's like a dungy type of guy. And I don't picture Alex Martin crossing anybody. Um, I think he's a lot more competitive than his persona mm-hmm. lets on. Um, so he's not going to take any crap from his teammate, and I have a feeling that Cooper's not going to be afraid to dish it out. So, yeah, if they end up meeting on the track and being similar in speed, um, look out. I think one other thing to watch for, neither of those guys are, like, awesome starters, or they haven't been, at least so far. Mm-hmm. A lot of those weirdo battles that they had last year were while they were coming through the pack. Like, I know the one you always reference is in, uh, I think it was Colorado last year, where Webb was pretty much cutting them off. Yeah, for like wow. multiple, like every turn for like three laps. Yeah, I mean Jeremy was doing his. Yeah, Jeremy was just as bad too. He was running Cooper off the track too. They were they were right. going at it. Yeah, but it was funny because I think they were doing that while they were coming through. Yeah, the pack which 
I think it gets even crazier then. Everybody knows when you're trying to make moves in the 250s in the opening laps, it's nutball as it is. Mm-hmm. And you throw that in the mix. Like if they start eighth and ninth, they've got to get to the front and battle each other. It almost seems inevitable that something bad will happen. And JT too. It's going to be interesting to see like Muscan's bike, the 250, got the got the you know the remake too, and kind of lost. And us talking about Dungey's bike a lot, but. The 250F is also very good, and Marvin likes it. And so, you know, we just talked about those two Yamaha guys' starts. Although, geez, that Yamaha looked pretty good last year. But maybe the KTM is is on par now or better. Yeah, I think they made some significant strides. And and Marvin has, uh, you know, kind of said the same in his podium interviews in Supercross. Uh, The interesting thing, though, is I'm waiting to see how these bikes respond outdoors uh, because, Handling characteristics are generally a lot different for outdoors versus supercross, and I'm sure they will have it in the ballpark, uh, but it'll be interesting to see if it's that same improvement level uh, when we move outside and the, you know, the tracks are much faster and you need more stability versus you know, incredibly tight turning and all those things. So not to doubt that it'll be better, just I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see how that uh, unfolds as, as is the bike that much better outdoors as it was in Supercross, uh, being smaller and lighter and all those things. So I think for Marv, he's by far in the best place he's ever been yeah. coming into an outdoor championship. Uh, and surely both he and uh, his teammate Dungey on their new bikes have to have tons of confidence coming in on the same training program and winning titles and all that. So uh, he, if he's ever going to be a player or a contender for this championship, it's got to be this year with way things are going for him well this alden baker guy that marvin's been working with knows a thing or two about outdoors and getting through them so i've heard that yeah so you know i mean i think that's a big thing too like like look training trainers for supercross whatever you know what i mean it helps and this and that but you want to earn your money as a trainer uh it's a, it's 24 motos uh in all sorts of weather conditions and knowing when to break when to rest when to go i mean jt you've been there it's week in and week out it's a it's a massive grind so that's a big plus for Marvin to have in his corner. I think, yeah, I completely agree. And I think mentally, too. Uh, I just think mentally, when you look back at what Alden's been able to accomplish via his riders, and then you have, you know, for Marvin, he just he's coming off his first title ever. It's his first year with the guy. I mean, that puts you in such a good place mentally. Like, yeah, I'm on the program that wins titles. So what's what's stopping me? So on top of all the great things that Alden is doing to get these guys physically prepared, the mental game, we've seen with, like I said, with Ryan Dungey, you can't underestimate that. So if we had to rank them, and look, people, don't come back and tell us we're idiots. Um, unless you're pingry, I guess, then you can attach us on Twitter and make sure that we all know that. But uh, I, wanna, I want a one, two, three ranking of Muscan Webb Martin from you two guys. I want a one, two, three right now going into Hangtown. Weege, one, two, three. Do it. I'm going to go Martin, Muscan Webb. Oh, oh, shocker, JT. I have one question before I. Oh, here we go. That, do of we course. know the shocker. status of Cooper Webb's ankle? Uh, That's a good question. Yeah, um, I don't know if we do. Yeah, let's assume it's good. He okay, assuming know. it's a hundred percent, and he started riding, you know, sometime later that week, which I don't know that I haven't seen or heard of him riding uh, since Vegas when I saw him on crutches. If he is 100%, uh, then I have Martin, Muscan, Webb as my top three for the series. Really? Both of you guys? Same, same top three? All right. Yep. 
I'm going. I think Webb will be a little bit inconsistent. His starts won't. His starts will put him in bad spots at times. Uh, and the other two, you know, Jeremy Martin's last year kind of speaks for itself. That's why I have him ranked so highly. He was just crazy impressive. And then Muscan, I just think, kind of has it all together. Uh, I just think Martin will be a touch better. Do we just give the Washugo win to Muscan now? Do we just give him the trophy? Tell him to stay home. Maybe Unadilla as well. Yeah, maybe maybe Dilla too. Right, he's pretty good there. Um, just give him the trophy for Washugo. Here you go, Marvin. It's yours. Uh, Steve, this brings up an interesting point, though, as we point out Washugo and Unadilla, which have become the kind of finesse throttle control tracks. Uh, I need to ask you now. You have been. You have said before. There is a time when you need to unzip your pants. Mm-hmm. Put the balls on the crossbar pad. Yeah. And you have said before that that's what Muscan needs to do. So do you believe he will now be able to do that, or is that still going to be an issue? I have them ranked Webb, Martin, Muscan. How's that for my thoughts on whether he can put the balls on the crossbar? Um, I think. I think Webb has taken the leap. I think Webb has, has, has you know, gotten better. And, yes, he was 80 points back of Martin. Yes, he, he you know, was beaten by Jeremy quite a bit in outdoors. But I think he's taking the leap, man. And this is all assuming his ankle's good and all that. I like Webb for the title. I really do. But Wow. Yeah, I, I just think, oh. I just, I mean, look at him in Supercross, man. He was so much better. Why can't he be better outdoors, you know? Well, he so. was better than neither of the two guys that he that we will think be will be contending for the title. He wasn't racing against those two, so okay. he was certainly better than he was the year before in Supercross. But we really never saw him go head to head against Marvin, and even in Supercross. So. No, no, we ne- we were hoping we we, we right, we yeah, absolutely, then, yeah, absolutely. So it's no, hard to I, say because Marvin, I mean, Marvin was surely better than he's ever been in Supercross. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I just I think outdoors with the balls on the crossbar, that's one of Marvin's things. Yeah, he no, needs to work I, on I can't and, argue with yeah. your pick. I'm just kind of throwing the other side out there. Yeah, I like Webb. I think Webb can do it. So I guess we'll see. Oh, I would I would not be surprised at all. He's just not my number one right. pick. But uh, clearly, having him in the top three in the championship, it's not that far out of the question. Right, and he's going to be saying "cool as crap" a whole bunch of times up there. <laughs> Everything's cool as crap. Um, the one thing about Webb, though, is yeah, he's got some guys that don't like him out on the track, you know. So you do wonder if he gets involved in these battles, like JT said earlier. He's not scared to to be aggressive and to put it in there. And you know, sometimes you need friends out there, and maybe. You know, maybe some dude he doesn't like or doesn't like him knocks him down while they're sixth and seventh at one point, or, or who knows, you know. So, well, you know how bad starts work they <clears throat> they put you in bad spots. You know, oh, it's deep, not always deep. the intentional move that someone puts on you to yeah, knock yeah. you down. Yeah. Sometimes it's just you know happenstance. Uh, oh, it's war back there. The front. It's war. Right. It's war back there. Well, it's just like uh, to steal. Wygant's reference here in NASCAR, um, you know, at the Daytona 500, those guys all try to stay at the front because you stay out of trouble up there. You know, it's not that anything anyone's trying to take you out. Just bad things happen, and unfortunately, when you're back there, you're, you know, the odds of bad things happening go way up. Here we go with NASCAR talk. Now we can talk yeah. about wind drag and camber. Well, I'm trying to set my, my colleague up here. Right. That is, that is what we, that is what we Uh, Okay, let's talk about Adamson Cirillo. Let's talk about the Adamson Cirillo question. First off, we'll just get this right out of the way. Weege, can he win the title? Can he, like, look, I'm looking at my list of guys. What? Yeah. Can he? Yeah. The question is can. Yep. Yeah, he can. Okay. 
day in. But I, I feel like we're taking a huge leap of faith here. I mean, there really isn't much of a track record at all. He's barely raced nationals at all, and when he did, it wasn't good. Now, that wasn't the full the full, the full Adam Sinstrow experience that we were getting there because <laughs> right. he was sick, but that was two years ago. So you're making a big leap of faith to just assume. I mean, as a pro, we've never really even seen him ride motocross hardly at all. Hold on, though. Um, he might be one guy that's sad yeah. about Utah going. He had, a, he had a third at Utah. I know. He had that one good motor at Utah, and he was good, I think, even in qualifying that day. And then Baggett did a burnout on his chest in the second moto. <laughs> we know he has talent. We know he's good. Uh, I'll argue to the death that he didn't get the support and the rides and the attention he got because for some reason, like, an angel came down in the middle of the night and gifted it to him. He got it because people that know what they're doing saw how good he was and said, this guy's got talent. We know he has that. But you're still taking a big leap of faith. A guy who has very little track record, hasn't raced most of these tracks, hasn't raced the full season as a pro, and just assuming, ah, well, I'll be fine. Um, but he did win Supercross right off the bat. I know it's a different world. But to me, talent's talent. And when you can win the first Supercross you're in and be on the wrong way to a title... I guess that's enough to cross that, to make that leap of faith and assume as long as his shoulder's okay, he has the ability to do it. But we literally haven't seen it. We just haven't even had the opportunity to see it. So it's a bit of a guess. What do you think, JT? Can he win the title? Can he? Yes. Uh, is it unlikely? Yes. Yep. It's a good I think point. There, as we alluded to, uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty. He hasn't raced at all uh, since, and he didn't even race in Geneva. He didn't even make it to the race. Uh, you know, he made 100 yards or whatever. So he hasn't raced since March of last year. Uh, so that's a pretty significant obstacle to overcome. Uh, and then, you know, he's, I don't believe, unless I'm wrong, he's never raced Hangtown, he's never raced Glen Helen, he's never raced Lakewood in a national environment. So there's a lot of things that he's, he's at a disadvantage. He just is against guys that are, 100% ready and prepared and have gone down this road. So to say he's anything but an underdog would be, uh, I think, just wrong. It would be wrong. You know, Let's that's not to say he can't do it. We've seen, you know, who would have thought Jeremy Martin was going to win the title last year as we opened up with? I would have never thought that. There's no way I would have picked Jeremy Martin to win the title. So stranger things have happened. But, you know, if, if we're sitting here trying to handicap the field, he, he can't be better than those top three that we listed. What if he just comes out at, at Hangtown and just, just goes 1-1, just like Jeremy Martin, just out of, out of nowhere? It's certainly... Well, I'm glad you bring that up, um, and I want to cut everybody off here. The one thing I think that's on his side is, in this sport, that type of thing has happened before. Like, it's not, you know, in other sports, you know, a, a rookie quarterback, you just got to get your reps, you just got to learn. You're never going to be as good as a 10th-year quarterback. It just doesn't work that way. But we have seen... I mean, Stuart Carmichael won the title the first year they went for it as, as rookies, you know what I mean? And we've seen dudes have huge long layoffs and then come back and go 1-1 where you would think, man, they didn't even get in gate drops and all that. Sometimes none of that matters. So that's the one thing on his side. In this sport, that's possible. Let's just hope he stays healthy, too. Like, come on, right? Like, make it through the season. Come on, kid. You can do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay, look, if he – can he win motos in a race? I think he will. If he stays healthy, I think he wins motos and he maybe wins a race. I, re- I, I, would, I, I, would bet, I would bet more on that, you know, like a 60-40 thing, that he would win motos in a race. 
Do you guys agree? Well, do you guys let, agree with let, that? Let's look at what he did last year. His first ever Supercross of his life, he won. Yep. You know, he was he was leading the points championship when he got injured. Uh, I I mean, these are not things that we should take for granted as far as uh, thinking whether he can be relevant in this championship or not. And all the you know all of the accolades we've been pouring on with the Alden Baker program. Well, guess what? That's where Adam Cincerillo trains and rides as well. So there certainly are things that you could you know say that he shouldn't be in this title and he shouldn't win the title. But then there's a lot of other things that I you know I just listed that could say he should. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally don't think it's very likely that he wins the title. Uh, but you know if we're if we look back on this thing in August and he he's the champion, I think we could point to reasons that should have been like, yeah, well, you know, he he won this race. He won his first race ever in Supercross. He did this. He had the right trainer. He had the right, you know, the most successful 250 team in the history of the sport, on and on and on. So uh, I think either way we could hedge our bets. Um, and that's, that's the great thing is there's going to be, I think there will be parity in the series. Maybe. Hopefully. I think when you're special, you're special. And oh, thank you. I know we Thanks, Weech. Thank you. Yeah, I say yeah, that about well, Mathis a lot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Weech. Yeah, special in its own way. We make fun of all the time the trainers that are like, oh, you know, it's whoever works the hardest or puts in the time or the experience and all that. Whatever, man. Some guys just got it. And I think he's one of those guys that just he's just got it. So yeah. if everything's in order as far as the health and all that, and he's not sick and the shoulder isn't bad and he doesn't have bad luck and stuff like that, yeah. I just think he's special enough where he's going to be at the front. I mean, that's exactly what you saw in Supercross. He was just too good to suck at it. So I just don't see him at 100% being like, ah, he gets eighth and ninth every week. Right, yeah. I just think he's too good for that. No, I think he's top five. I do think he's top five. Yeah. You know, almost all the ways, and, you know, barring crashes or a bad start or whatever. Um, the sport just doesn't work where you it, – it's just not the type of sport where a guy gets seventh one year, then the next year he gets fifth, then the next year he gets – fourth and then he gets third and then finally by year six he's good enough to win the title well usually it comes out of nowhere or there's the ryan denji hangtown ride where he goes like seven eight and then still wins the title what in 2010 or whatever yeah, and then just goes one one the next weekend it just doesn't right. they don't make logical steps like uh, you would think they would in most so okay talking about that so talking about that next group of guys i have bogle there bogle's fifth in the series last year bogle osborne hampshire justin hill Savachi, uh, Nelson, uh, that's kind of my next group of guys. Um, I'd like to see Osborne finally stay healthy, finally be able to uh, put it all together. You know, he's, he's with Eli Tomac um, pretty much all summer. He's going to live out in Colorado, out there. So that's a nice program, and, you know, he gets to, to do that and ride with Eli and all that. That should help, you would, you would hope. I, I feel like Osborne is, is maybe a little underrated here. You guys think that? I don't only because he just hasn't done enough. Well, he's always I, hurt. I don't feel he's like his hurt. results consistently have been good enough, you know, over a twelve round series to to really put him in that that upper echelon. He I does. don't. I don't feel that. And I like Zach. He's well, wearing my gear of choice. All that. Uh, but if you just look at the track record and the results, it hasn't been that great well, over a long period of time. Are you misunderstanding where I'm putting him here? I'm, I'm putting him in that next group of guys. Yeah, oh, and I don't, right. I don't think he gets fourth in the series. I don't. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think, I think well, that's not really fair. I think fifth, you know, five, six, seven, but I don't think mm-hmm. 
I, I, I actually have Jesse Nelson ahead of him, to be completely honest with you. The way Jesse Nelson rode the last few races of outdoors last year, his Supercross performances this year, and having said that, I don't know how long Jesse Nelson sat out with his concussion or any of that stuff. I'm assuming he's coming in 100%. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what, that's all we have, to, we have to go off in this right. podcast. Right, and so. I just I think Jesse Nelson you think will he be takes step? Yeah. at the tail end of that leader group mm-hmm. uh, just as he was in Supercross. Yeah, maybe so. Weege, how many podiums do you think Bogle got last year uh, in, in the series? Podiums? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, sorry, motos or overall? No, uh, motos. 24 oh, motos. I, I can cheat because I got it right in front of me. Oh, here. damn it. Never mind. Because I was surprised at, at how, how many it was. It was a lot. It was a lot. Like, it was, I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three. It was seven. One, two, three, seven. Seven. Four. Seven. Okay, seven. Seven. Uh, it seemed like a disappointing or almost quiet year. How about it, that? Well, that's what I'm saying. It seemed quiet. He was way back in the yeah. points, like I said. You know, he was, he was a, a long way back of, uh, of Jeremy Martin. But seven podiums and 24 motos, uh, that's not so bad. It's pretty, pretty good. No, and I think midway through, we were thinking, I think it was Redbud or something like that. He was kind of leading for a while, and it was like, okay, the win's coming. He's going to get that moto win. And then sometimes it ends up being an overall. I think what this speaks to is the 250 competition is just so gnarly. Like, yes, Martin won by a massive amount of points, but moto to moto, they are just dogfights, mm-hmm. you know, and there's seven or eight guys just all out going nuts for 35 minutes. Uh, so at the end of the moto, you might finish third or you might finish fifth, but you can be in that pack and you almost get forgotten about because you're in a pack of seven dudes. I think Bogle was in that pack up front battling a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but you get lost because there's six other guys doing it too, and you just never know how to do it. Martin's, uh, Martin's ride at Redbud last year. Really impressed me, where he had to get by Webb, and uh, and he did, and they were going late in the race, and he was charging hard. Like that was super impressive. Going back to Jeremy Martin, I, I remember thinking, "Wow, that that's a that's a title ride right there." That type of uh, of, of ride. So, yeah. Um, but I guess my point is, like in the four fifties, like what we're talking about on the four fifty show, it's like you know who the favorites are, and they are so much better, and they're just so superior. They end up just checking out. And you look and you're like, holy crap, Metcalf's in fourth, but he's a minute behind them. Yeah. Where in the 250s, it's more like Bogle finishes fourth, but for the first 20 minutes, those dudes were all over each other. He was going just as fast, and then eventually somebody gets away. Mm-hmm. But he was in the hunt, I think, a lot more than we maybe remember. Do you, are you, Weege, where do you stand on a Nelson Osborne moto cross battle? Like JT just said, he thinks Nelson's going to really step up and be that, you know, that next guy in that next group. What do you think? I got high hopes for Osborne this summer. I me, think me too. I think he's going to be good. And the one thing that I and Nelson could do it, but the one that I just haven't seen yet, but he hasn't proved a lot, so maybe he will. There's a lot of these younger guys. It's like when they get the start, they make it happen. But when they don't, they don't. Um, and I think that was him last year. Like he had a couple motors where he got good starts, and you're like, holy crap, Nelson could win this one. He's as fast as anybody. But then there were a lot where he would just start 10th and get 8th. Moving through is really hard to do. I think that's the one difference. I feel like Osborne can maybe overcome whatever gets thrown his way maybe a little bit better. No, I don't well, know. He's got a lot, probably going to be a lot better this year. If you, look at ex- if you look at experience, I mean, what is Osborne 30, 35 years old? How old is Osborne? <laughs> and I'm kidding, but Osborne has so much more experience than Jesse Nelson. 
But, I mean, not that that means everything, but that's something, you know? So No, and I'm only basing it on what I saw from Nelson in outdoors last year. Like JT's right. saying, he could be significantly better than right. we've already seen him. But we all think Bogle's going to be right there, right? That that next group of guys, maybe even higher. Osborne, Without a doubt. Nelson. Um, Justin Hill? Man, I, I don't like – I don't think this is going to go well for Justin Hill. I, I could put him there. Talent, bike. Talent, bikes, you know, that kind of stuff. But I don't know. That Supercross season scares me. Yes. Uh, and I would say that Supercross is probably better for him than outdoors. <laughs> maybe not, but – Right. Um, it's very worry, worrying knowing the domination that Muscan had on that bike and how Hill underperformed. It's very strange. Savachi? Where do we put Joey at? Um, near the end of the season, he was riding pretty well. He got a podium at uh, Indiana and went a fourth place also. And, you know, kind of. I mean, can he get into that next group of guys? Can he be with Bogle and Osborne and Nelson? Or is he going to be further back than that? I think he can if he gets a start. But with a lot of these guys, I think Justin Hill can have good motives if he gets a start. But I think there's only a select few guys that can actually move through the pack. Um, and we've covered almost right. all of them at this point. Uh, it's, but, you know, guys like Justin Hill and those guys, uh, Savachi, they're fast enough. They've, they've proven that. You know, right. they're running around the top five. But they've got to put themselves in good position to accomplish that. And I heard Tonus isn't going to start the outdoors. Did you guys hear that? Yes, I heard the same. So I don't know what's going on with that, but Tonus certainly was going to be a team bar. Was going to be a, a title threat. So, um, what about RJ Hampshire? Kind of forgot about him a little bit. Where's RJ fit? Is he going to be? Is RJ going to be the Jesse Nelson of last year? You know, Nelson got ninth in the points, got a couple podiums. One while well, he won the one in the mud. So let's. I mean, it was a great ride, but let's let's clarify that that it was you know pretty muddy. Uh, could is Hampshire going to be J- Nelson? What do we think? I don't know quite yet. Nelson, Nelson had actually been no, around a little I mean, bit. No, I mean Nelson last year, ninth in the points, couple podiums, like. But I not, don't know. I don't know if I put him up there that high. Oh, okay, all right. There's a lot of guys in this class. Right, Bishaglia, Justin, uh, Jordan yeah. Smith, right? Um, Plessinger, we forgot about Plessinger. He's going to be pretty good, I think. Oldenburg, McElrath. I like McElrath to take a, a leap this year. Outdoors? That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, it's probably to any of these dudes saying they're not going to be top ten is insulting to them. But then you just have to start doing the math and say, well, there's 18 guys who should be in the top ten. Well, I got I got eight guys that are stamp it top ten riders. Stamp it. Okay. So, yeah, there's only two more spots, guys. So, um, so who, are, who are your stamp it? We know the four. That includes Cincerillo. The three title containers, Cincerillo. Yeah. Bogle. Bogle, Nelson, Osborne. Exactly, Bogle and Nelson Osborne. So, that's seven. Who's your eighth? Uh, my my math is bad then. Plessinger? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Plessinger. I like Plessinger. I think he can do something this year. You know, um, Oldenburg. Not scared to twist the throttle. See how he does. Jordan Smith. Same same kind of deal, right? I always think like JT. Correct me if I'm wrong or what you think, but like a guy on a Geico Honda bike. Or mm-hmm. a pro circuit bike, I'm going to give them the edge in outdoors, you know, because of the team and the structure and the bike and sort of everything, like avoiding problems and, and having a set training program and, you know, and all that kind of – like I'm going to give these guys a little bit of an edge over, over some other dudes. Okay. 
I'm all right with that. Yeah, just like so, like a like a Matt Bishaglia over mm-hmm. you know over somebody like um, I don't know, like a Kyle Peters or a Kyle Cunningham or these or Zach Bell. Or Zach Bell, I don't know. I didn't even bring Zach Bell up actually in my list. Is that bad? Zach Bell's on a factory level. Yeah, bar, so I know. I know. Get a lease out. I know. Yeah. Um, will Will our mutual friend be right? Will Alex Martin be in the top five? I don't have him for top five in points. No, I don't. Okay. We each? I have him, I have him in the top ten yeah. uh, because he's consistent. He'll be he there is. every weekend. He'll get solid points every moto, all that. But top five, man, you're in rare air up there. Yeah. I kind of agree. You're going to have to win motos and do things like that, I, I feel, to be in the top five in right. points. All right. Let's take a commercial break here. BTOsports.com, RacerX, podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this ad by Race Tech and uh, save yourself money using uh, Race Tech suspension. Mods, and uh, we'll be right back with Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru, I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for race tech. I guarantee you, Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high performance springs. These springs are called high performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. And we're back. BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. 250 motocross preview. I wonder how many people we've pissed off so far. Probably a fair amount. Um, Chris Aldridge. Weege, Chris Aldridge. I say I say Chris Aldridge. You say... <laughs> okay. Very, very curious. Right. Uh, I think the potential is obviously there to do good, but I think it might be uh, a crazy summer. Honestly, what more can – okay, Tonus is now out. Like, can anything more go wrong for any of the Pro Circuit, Kawasaki, Monster Energy, and then this team, which is all three of them? It's like anything that can go wrong is going wrong. It's like the Moto God said, all right, you guys have been won so much. You've done so well. Guess what? Yeah. We're sticking yeah. to you. It's like Aldridge as a rookie can go two ways. Well, it definitely went the worst way. He just crashed a ton. Tonus, this would have been his time to shine, you know, going outdoors, not even going to race. It just goes on and on. You know, Mitch Mitch had told me, like, hey, we were definitely talking to Christoph, and we wanted Christoph to maybe ride for us, but we just, we you know, we're going to have a full, we're going to have four guys, and that's just too much of a full truck, and now he's already, <laughs> down, now he's already down to three guys. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and one of them is Tesarula, who is. Uh, we really don't know what you're going to get. I mean, we, we're assuming he's going to be good, but this could. We, there's a chance. I hate even to say this. Nobody wants to wish bad on him. There's a chance 
that he's in big trouble with that shoulder, right? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, he claims that, you know, says the surgery is, yeah. you know, fix it 100%. But I think I heard that about the last right, one. Right, Yeah. 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 Am I missing any, like, kids making their debuts? Like? Uh, it's A-Rod, Renfland. Yeah. Ray Rod's not making his debut, but he's relatively new to the scene. Um, but I think this just highlights, there's just, dude, even top 20 is almost an accomplishment in some of these races in this class. Right. Um, yeah, A-Rod's, A-Rod's a good rider, no doubt. Plessinger, uh. Plessinger can be top 10, right, in the points at the end of the year? Like, kid seems fit, seems like he knows what he's doing, takes it, you know, takes it pretty seriously. I think I could see Plessinger top 10 very easily. You guys, you agree with me? Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. I have one kid that's uh, making his debut that um, the kid has a lot of speed. I don't know how it's going to go because, man, he he rides on the edge, but I feel like that's what you kind of have to do in this class. A uh, kid by the name of Daniel Baker. Okay. Uh, he's kind of on that program like Dakota Alex was on, where it's like an Orange Brigade type deal, you know, FMF, KTM-ish type deal. Um, he's been winning all the amateur stuff recently, you know, battling it out with, with uh, the Chase Bells and those kids. But uh, that's, that's one kid that's moving up that I think could make a mark. If he gets a good start, man, he is not scared to go fast. Weege, what about uh, Loretta kids? Who's making their debut this summer later on? Uh, I think Baker would have been one of the faves, but they moved him out early. Uh, I'm trying to even think of who's left. So many guys moved up. You know, Chase when Bell. you consider that you... Yeah, I guess Chase Bell. Mitchell He's been in and out of a ride. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be a dynamic um, group because you just took uh, Aldridge, Jordan Smith, uh... Plessinger, Hampshire, and Hampshire. Uh, Rensland and Hampshire out of there. That's a lot for one year, you know. So I don't know if the draft is going to be quite as deep um, this time around. And now Baker's out of the amateur ranks also. What what's he, team is he on, JT, or what bike's he on, or what's the deal? Well, that's what I was kind of saying. He's, he's on a KTM program similar oh, yeah. to what Sorry. Dakota right. Alex was on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be that type situation. So, yeah, we haven't even brought up Dakota Alex, another guy. You know. Yeah, it's a factory bike, but it's – Oh, so such a struggle. It's actually the current KTM 250S as opposed to the factory edition. Oh, so difficult. Have you guys heard a lot of <laughs> – have you guys heard grumbling uh, grumbling about that whole deal from other teams like I have? Where people are like, oh, yeah, it must be nice to, you know, be able to have a, you know, a works bike, a little different bike and, you know, rush to homologate it and this and that. Well, I think that's on the manufacturers, not the – not yeah, you can't blame KTM. No, but you know how this sport works. People are just mad. Just they're bitter. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Be mad, but be mad at your own manufacturer for not, you know. Right. Everybody's playing by the same rules here. Right. So. Well, I bet you their argument is that they're not playing by the same rules. They probably don't have faith that the AMA is actually enforcing this. That's got to be where they're what they're upset about, right? But uh, if, if you're a Japanese manufacturer and you want to come out with a unit at the same time KTM does and you want to adopt this production schedule, how, no. would, how would anyone stop that? Right. They're not going to just say, oh, KTM can do it, but no one else can. Yeah, I mean, you're just busy building gold wings or whatever. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Right. Yeah. So you, I would think their argument is we don't even know if KTM pulled it off. Wouldn't that be yeah. their argument? Yeah, I think that's part of their argument. Yeah, exactly. Well, I they mean, for sure pulled it off because, I mean, there's, you know, there's a guy that works a – you know, 
in the building right now that has it. I'm looking, literally looking at a factory edition to the DF in the parking lot right now. I mean, there there are bikes out there. I just yeah, there are. I know, but were they out there in you know when we raced in Anaheim one? There well, were I, think, I, I, thought, I thought the rule I mean, was March yeah. one or May one or June one. It, it's not January one. Oh, it's not when the race starts. No, I don't no. think so. Yeah, no. I, I, but the, again, but again, no, there's no one in charge. Wait a minute. There's there's no there's nobody running this thing. Wait, 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 wait. There is, wait, there is wait, a rule. Wait, I mean, wait, there's a no. date. There's a di- set date of homologation where you have to have 400 units in the country. But it's not. It's definitely not Anaheim one. That's for sure. Wait. That so okay. So what happened, what were to happen if on March 1st, KTM's like, you know what, we blew it. We didn't get them. <laughs> exactly. Well, what I would they assume, do to Dungy's point? I mean, it, what do they do? In a, in a black and white world, which we all know this is not that, I would assume that they would have to go back to the only units available. I, w- I would think that's how the, the rules are written. Would that ever happen? No, I'm not that naive, but I would think that's what would be supposed to happen. Yeah, but that's fine after the fact, starting March 1st. But wouldn't the other teams be like, hey, he got to race the first two months of the year on a bike he shouldn't have been allowed to race on? Right, and I would I would think right. that there should be some sort of penalty levied, but we all know that's not going to yeah. happen, nor will ever happen. I'm trying, no. to, I'm trying to look Which this up right brings me to my point. I don't think any of this is on KTM. I think if people are mad, it's because they're very suspicious of the rules and the enforcing of the rules, not what KTM did. <clears throat> That's what I would think. Yeah, you go back to that same before. same old same old deal where if someone if you think someone's breaking the rules and it's in broad daylight, but no one's doing anything about it, then clearly they're not breaking the rules. So why aren't you doing it? Good point. No one's protested, right? No. I just yeah. I just miss the uh, yeah. I miss the days of Steve Whitelock. You know, he'd get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to complain about Whitelock anymore. I feel like we've complained over and over that the AMA does nothing and they're, you know, faceless, nameless, they don't enforce rules and whatever. Well, Whitelock, you can't say any of those things about him. That dude did not care. No, that's probably he was like, you want to know who the boss is? It's me. <laughs> just problem is, is he was just such an idiot that, you know, that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, I said that. Yeah, exactly. I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to look at the homologation rules right now, but I can't. Oh, wait, here we go. Homologation, um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say anything about a date here. So, um, I remember asking, I asked Kevin Crowther about this, um, yeah. you know, when they did the Dungey Factory Edition four or five years ago. Yeah. I mean, there is a rule. The rule makes sense. Everything he said made sense and checked yeah. out. He said, we even yeah. have the right, you know, we'll call random dealerships and stuff. Everybody knows there's a rule, and I'm sure everybody assumes KTM is attempting to play by the rule, but I don't know how much faith... Everyone has in my, it actually working the way it's supposed to. But JT's right. Then do something about it if you've got a problem with it. My favorite rule, my favorite part is like in road racing, they would, you know, they obviously, they need the bike. They want to tear the bike down. They want to look at the bike um, and all that. And so what, the, what would happen is the OEMs would, would, the AMA, they had no money to go buy these bikes and tear them apart. So they would ask the OEMs to give them the cylinders, the cases, that kind of things. For 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 in, for usage, and there was a couple OEMs that just gave them modified cases and cylinders and everything, and for the God. stock for the stock class in road racing, and the AMA was just like, okay, cool, thanks guys, <laughs> good job, good job everybody. Wow. Okay, yeah, like it was like a known fact. They're like, yeah, here's our, you know, everyone's like, yeah, Cali didn't give them their stock bike; they gave them their modded modded bike in a stock class. So, all right, um, okay, so I like Webb for the title. 
you two jerkies like Martin to defend it. Am I correct there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I need a I need a breakout rider. I need a breakout rider for you two, and I need a guy who's going to have a tough year. Somebody who we think is going to maybe struggle a little bit. People like this kind of stuff, so we got to do it. I'm, I'll start with you guys. I'm putting you on the spot, and I already wrote, thought about this and put my, my picks down. Breakout rider, I think, will be Luke Resland. I like I like the kid. He rode the, the Nationals at the end of the year, so he's got some experience. I really think that that's valuable. Getting like Hampshire, like Resland, getting a few Nationals under your belt, I think, is a, is a great thing going into your first year. You kind of know what the deal is. You know what to expect. Aldridge did it, too. I think Luke Reslin can be right around the top ten, which I think would be a surprise for people. I, I, I think he works hard. He's he's got a good bike, a good team. I like Luke Reslin to be a bit of a breakout guy this year. And I think, like I said earlier, I think Justin Hill will be a guy that will struggle a little bit. I just I don't know what happened in Supercross. The kid's got tons of talent. He's got a great bike. He, he won some heats. I think he made one podium, but there were so many times where it. it got tough and like you said Weege his specialty is an outdoor so I, I don't look for him to turn this thing around um, so Justin Hill will be my pick to struggle uh, I predict by round four DeCoster is no longer even speaking to him and asking him how his moto went or caring in in any way so what do you got Weege what do you think what do you think uh, I think Amar's going to be really good uh, oh top five with- top five Top five in points if that's going to happen. I think he'll be top five in a lot of motos. Amart, top five uh, in motos. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think wow. He'll be top five motos. Oh, that's yeah. bold. That's bold. Is that that bold? Yeah, that's that bold. His best finish last year was a seventh. He's a lot better this year. Well, actually, and, sorry. Uh, his best finish was a, fit, was a sixth, and it didn't even come up in Millville. So. I think he's a lot better this year. Okay. And, uh, as the year goes on, like he, there's no quitting this dude. He, he doesn't get hurt. He's gonna still be in it. He's still gonna be digging hard. He's, you know, when he's getting 12th or 16th or something at Glen Helen, it's not gonna be like my season sucks. I'm over it. Like right. he'll just keep right. trying, keep trying, and then, you know, he did get a podium one time in a moto at Southwick, which of course was like the next to last moto of the year. It's like he just does not give up. Right. So, uh, I think second half of the year, absolutely, he can get top fives um, in some motos. All right, JT, breakout guy. Breakout guy. I have a couple with here. Um, I think that results-wise, I think Plessinger is going to do quite a bit. I think he'll have some really, really great motos. Mm-hmm. But I think the guy that we're going to see and be like, "Holy crap! How does he? How did he? How is he going this fast?" Will be, but he's probably going to flip off the track and and maybe hurt some people at some point. Is Jordan Smith? Mm. Um, I just. I don't think Supercross is really his thing, but I've seen him ride outdoors before, and, and it's it's really impressive when all when everything's going right for him. <laughs> when everything's lined up. Yeah. 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 It just depends on how long those things line up for him. Like, what's his uh, what, what what's his high in a moto? What can he place? Uh, he'll be on the podium in a moto. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Weege, what do you think of that? You've seen him ride more than maybe either one of us outdoors. Yeah, he's bad fast. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think the problem is that he's already <laughs> he's, he was hurt coming into Supercross and he got hurt again. Like, can he get 100% long enough to uh, to make it happen? I feel like he's already coming in a little bit hurt, but definitely 
definitely the dude is fast. It seems to be the new trend. Just the same thing we're saying about Daniel Baker. There's a lot of kids that can haul ass, but will they stay up? Seems to be a yeah, style. We're we're in an era now where kids haul ass, they scrub like no other, but they can't hold it together. And yeah. whether that's amateur races outside of Loretta's being four laps, and that's all they care about, I don't know what what that is. But like, yeah, it just seems weird that way. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, all right, disappointment rider, disappointing rider, JT. Man, I've I've been racking my brain since you brought this subject up for a disappointing guy, and I guess I have to go with Justin Hill, but it's it's kind of uh, kind of a letdown because I don't think we expect much after that Supercross season. Um, but you look at the team he's on and all that kind of things. I I just don't see it going going all that well. I don't think he's he's in a great that great of a spot confidence wise, and I don't think. You know the team is overwhelmingly pumped on how his season has went, to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be the summary hopes for. What do you think, Weech? J- disappointing guy. Are you going to go? Are you going to go? Are you going to pile on Justin Hill here? Uh, I'm not going to only because you guys already said what what needs to be said. I mean, what's the point? But yeah, I, I, I would agree. But I won't pick him just because you already right. did. Right. Um, I'm worried. I'm not sure that either of the star guys, I'm not quite as high on Plessinger as maybe you guys are and, and A-Rod either, uh, only because the standards are pretty high now. Like, I think because Plessinger did so well in Supercross that the expectations are there. Well, he should be able to podium here. He should be top five here. I don't know if he's ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be a quieter uh, summer than, than maybe some are expecting. Oh, okay. Wow. Not terrible, right. but not. Hey, remember when Plessinger was getting podiums in Supercross? I don't know if you're going to see that guy right. this year. And I, I actually I juggled between Reslin and McElrath. I think McElrath can take a jump too. I like that kid. Absolutely. The only thing Yeah. The only thing I worry about with McElrath is he's big. He's a he's a bigger kid. Yeah. Uh if he can get the starts, I think the riding will be fine. I just worry about him burying himself in the pack on the start. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and Plessinger on a similar note, same thing. He's super tall. Um, yeah. uh, I think that hurts, obviously, on a 250. I also just wonder, you can make that. He's figured out a way to make that work in Supercross, and I think sometimes it works to your advantage. But, man, I don't know. Where is he going to fit all that in these deep ruts in some of these corners? How is he going to make that all work? You need to be teeny tiny. Supercross like, might be better for him. Like the Martin brothers, just teeny tiny people. I, I feel like that's that's the way it's going, especially outdoors. Or web. Got a lot of leg to fit into those deep ass ruts outdoors. Yeah. Well, the one thing too in the 250 class, uh, the starts are totally different. You're talking about in Supercross, it's rock hard, hard pack. So uh, building RPM on the starts and and getting the bikes moving is not difficult. Where in outdoors, you know, the tractors driving around disking this startup right up until the 30 second board goes up. So you're talking about a much bigger load or much. Uh, I guess just much deeper uh, drive down the start tradeway on a 250, and and the more weight you add to that, the bigger difference you're going to see versus on a on a hard pack start. I think so. I think if if you're a bigger guy, it's gonna you're gonna suffer more on a longer and deeper start than you would in Supercross. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to Chiz actually in Vegas, and he said that his motor was pretty darn stock in Supercross, but he said it didn't really matter. This is on a 450, but he knew outdoors he's going to have to get some motor work done because he's like, man. The hard pack start 
you know, if you're a good starter and you get a good jump and you have good technique, in more power, you're just going to spin. It doesn't even make a huge difference. But once you're into that deep loam stuff, it's just a horsepower game. Third, third gear it's starts on power a, weight. Third gear starts on a 2VDF. Who will be the first one? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, all right. Word of the day. Um, I, I challenged you guys to come up with one during this podcast. And I can What? I have to come up with one for myself? No, okay, all right. You don't have to, I guess. But uh, JT, did you come up with one? I did. I got one. I had a uh, chinchilla. That's good. Chinchilla oh. is good. I had Sasquatch. Ooh. So, what do you think, Weege? Chinchilla well, is... Well, we the... got to uh, make one round one and one round two. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. I, I, yeah. I Hopefully, there could be a... It's pretty hot these days, but... There could be a, a guy on the side of the track wearing a chinchilla coat. Um, <laughs> so you could, you know, hopefully that you could, you know, roll the dice and hopefully that a fan is there in a chinchilla coat. Um, other than that, I don't know really sure how you're going to do that. And Sasquatch, <laughs> well, that's probably a little easier than chinchilla. But, you know, so. All right. Did, chinchilla first. So let's just go chinchilla. Right <laughs> all right. Good luck. Good luck. Oh. Um <laughs> I literally don't really even know what that means. I look forward to a rider. I look forward to a rider coming out with chinchilla shirts and hats and <laughs> on the back of his pants because that's probably how you're going to work this in. That's because I believe there's some somewhat of a fierce rodent of some sort. So, um, all right. Before. Uh, BTOsports.com, RaceRex Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant with the uh, 250 MX Preview and the Word of the Day. All right, guys, thank you, and uh, we will see you at Hangtown. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com Podcast Show, presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. 
until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the-